Welcome to Open Door, and I am Bill Effler. And if you're new to us, a special welcome uh, to you. Let me tell you what's going to be going on here in the next four shows or segments that we're going to be doing. Uh, Earlier uh, last year, I was invited by an organization uh, to give a presentation uh, on a new book that's going to be actually coming out next week. Uh, The book title is Resilient, Getting Up After Life Knocks You Down. Actually, the complete title is Tools for Getting Up after life knocks you down. There you go. And so they asked me to do a 45-minute presentation on an introduction to resilient living. And I noticed that I was about you know 45 minutes into my presentation, and I looked over at the guy who had asked me to, to share, and I said, you know, my time's up. And somebody said, forget it, keep going. And so I went on for about another 20 minutes. So we had about uh, 65 minutes of, of content time. And uh, I had that shot by a, a wonderful and, and dear friend, uh, Stephen Kawakami, who's assisted me in video production. Uh, right now, Caleb is, is that guy in, in, in that seat. And so uh, I looked at the show, the, the segment, the 65 minutes, and Caleb came up with the idea that, hey, could you break that up into maybe four workable segments? And, and so that's exactly what, what we did. So today is the introduction to resilient living. And I don't know what comes to your mind when you think about resiliency or getting your life back, but this is what these next four shows are going to be like. In writing the book, Resilient, I ended up entering into a national uh, research project. Uh, I did surveys of over 400 people uh, asking them, when you hear the word resilient, what comes to mind and how do you get your life back? And in my research, I've discovered that there are four major elements that routinely come back that people draw on, that that people practice. These are uh, dynamics that are found in literally everybody in every life on how do you get your life back after it's been knocked down and uh, very quickly. And uh, here they are. And then the uh, videotape is going to expand on these. But the survey showed that people uh, value mental regulation, that is to say their thought life. People also value their emotional regulation, that is to say their feelings. People also highly value community, that is to say when things do not go well, they, they ask for help, and healthy people do that. And then lastly, that that fourth element has to do with acceptance. That is to say, a person's ready ability to see a situation for what it is and to deal with it face on uh, and not push it to the side. So when those things are happening in a person's life, and you're going to hear this in this first segment, uh, I also identify uh, what happens when God shows up. Now, it's interesting, and I'll just give you an inside scoop on this. Uh, when I had written my presentation, I had not included this in uh, that teaching, but 
at times when, when I'm teaching or when I'm in a church and I'm, I'm preaching, at times things uh, come to me and I'm thinking, I'm, I'm multitask. I'm thinking, God, do you, do you want me to say that? And, and so uh, these are four things that, that I know what happens when, uh, when a situation has a way of crowding into my life. First of all, I know that God is always active around me. That's number one. Every place I go, every conversation that I have, uh, I try to keep in mind that that God's present with me. Secondly, that God wants to have a a love relationship with me. That is to say, he he wants to be a part of my life, and and just that idea that 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 the God of the universe would would want to be a part of my life is just to me an amazing thing. And then the third thing, because there's this relationship that's been developed, God has something for me to do, and that's exciting that I would be trusted to be involved in a counseling relationship or in a consulting endeavor, uh, whatever whatever that might be. But when that invitation is given to me, what happens is that then creates a crisis of faith, and that is to say, I don't know. Can I really do this? I'm I'm down on the ground. Can I really get back up? And can I really pursue this? And so this first introduction, it's uh, it's about 15 minutes in length, is going to uh, explain to you a little bit about the survey, about those four elements found in everybody's life, and also what happens when God shows up. Hey, I hope you enjoy. And if you like, please tell a friend and and share it turn your note uh, pages over. I want to just make a couple comments just about the instrument that you just took. Uh, about 240 people have already uh, taken this, and myself and a research assistant have already gone through that. Now, in order for me to write that instrument, I had to do research on instruments, and, and specifically uh, instruments that had to deal with resiliency. And for some of you, uh, you might find this to be interesting. I told Greg, I said, I feel like I'm a magician who's giving away his tricks, but I'm only going to give away a few of the results. So out of uh, these 240 uh, surveys, uh, there are four major component parts that I discovered in my own research on how people become more resilient, and here they are. The number one uh, aspect, and these are not in any order, but number one is what a person thinks. That is to say, the value that they place on their cognition. That, that is to say, it's very left brain. They're very concrete. Second category has to do with what a person places as far as values with feeling. How does feeling factor in to uh, getting your life back after life has knocked it down? The third category is termed acceptance or reality. And that is that people, some people have a more difficult time accepting reality and, 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 and say this, these are the facts, this is what reality is. And some people can accept that and uh, recognize that they're going to have to push through and some people, not at all. So that third, third piece has to do with uh, acceptance or reality. And the fourth uh, thing that I've discovered in my research is that what people valued as far as getting uh, 
their life back as far as being resilient has to do with community. Has to do with community. I'm I'm counseling, you know, with a former heroin addict right now, and uh, he would, if he was here to, today, uh, he would tell you that one of the reasons why he's been sober or free from heroin uh, for four years now is because he had to lose a lot of friends. Relationships are contagious. You catch that what you're around. When, when you see me pause, it's because I'm, the, the Lord has my, my attention, okay? Um, I'm just going to give you one, one piece of information regarding the survey that has already come out. And that is out of 240 people, out of those four aspects, cognition or thinking, feeling or the ability to regulate one's emotions, and Myers-Briggs-wise, I'm an off-the-chart feeler. Okay, my emotions get easily stirred, and they can get me into trouble also. That third aspect has to do with acceptance or reality, and the fourth piece has to do with community. On this survey, it, it asked you to note your gender. And what the preliminary results indicate is that the number one factor that enables resiliency for women and some of you are thinking, gee, I wonder out of those four, what do women value most highly? It's community. Out of those four, community is the fourth for males. One other piece of information here, and I'm not trying to get the... The, the, the testosterone stirred in the room here. But it was interesting that, uh, and again, our sampling is with people that are largely faith-based. They're actively involved in a church, okay? You would think that their resiliency would be higher, but I have now been giving the same instrument to people that I see in counseling, and I have found that people who come from a faith perspective do not score any higher than the average person on the street. What that tells us is that the ministry of discipleship is waning in the local church. Evangelism is about sales. Discipleship is about getting people's life back. The, so women value community the highest. The masculine testing if you want to take a guess on that, on how do they get their life back? It's cognition. It's thinking. I won't turn this into a marital seminar, but the reality is that when you have a male whose way of being able to get their life back is all left brain and cognition, and they're married to a woman who values community the most, the tendency for men is to separate or isolate, and the tendency for women is to connect. And that is why we have marital dysfunction today, or one of the reasons, you know, for that. So uh, I've now uh, written this, everything uh, in Reboot, except the fourth chapter, and uh, we're going to, the reason that we collected your, your instruments is that I'm going to be taking those, and I've been working with a research assistant on this,
And when we finish getting all those together, then I'm going to give the preliminary res uh, results uh, to Greg. Then a small group of us are going to look at those uh, results together. Th that meeting will then be recorded, and then I will write that fourth chapter. And the fourth chapter in uh, the book Reboot, Tools for Getting Your Life Back After Gets Knocked Down, that fourth chapter is titled, You Said It. So this isn't me, this isn't living free talking, this is a national sampling of what people said about how they were to get their life back. So uh, uh, Greg is hoping that uh, this will be uh, released in, in January, and uh, he and I are leading a small group uh, in, in our church here uh, going through uh, the, the chapters, and each week, uh, he, uh, and this has been my, my strong counsel to him, is on Thursday morning, that is to say the morning right after our Wednesday night group, write the curriculum for, because of what we've heard that, that night. And you're doing that, right? Okay. So the, so the, dream, the dream here is that in January, not only will Reboot be published, but the curriculum for Reboot will be published at the same time. Both will be available uh, to... Uh, our constituency. So that, that is a, a great thing. So um, in every chapter, uh, we've identified what is called reboot realities. And you see in your notes here, I've given you two that come directly out of the book, and they curiously uh, relate to the text that I'm going to be reading in a few minutes. And I've written, God often takes us to the familiar to surprise us with the unfamiliar. And this is precisely the case when you sit down, when I sit down and a pastor opens up uh, a passage of scripture and she begins to give her introduction to the sermon. And if we've heard that text, if we've studied that text, if, we've, if we're so familiar with it, what do we do? We turn off. Okay? And what I'm wanting to say to you is that the text that I'm going to be sharing is a text that everybody in here has heard and many of you have either taught or preached from it before. And what I would say to my preaching students over the years, there's one thing that's very, very dangerous. And that is to take a chestnut, that is to say a, a, a well-known, well-honed text, and read it because what are your, what's your congregation going to do? They're going to check out. Well, I have a different understanding of John 11 today. So I'm praying that God would surprise you. The second reboot reality is that God takes us to an unfamiliar place to create a greater trust and thirst for him. Yes. You haven't been there way before. Now, in our church here at City Church, our pastor uh, at the beginning of the year identified spiritual rhythms as an overarching theme for our congregation. And he has always talked about how do we get back that which we've lost? If you're taking any notes at all, uh, I came to him because of something that my wife and I have been praying through, and I want to give you a different understanding of getting something back. And this has to do with resiliency. Could it be that God's not asking you to get something back, but God is wanting to take you to a place that you have never been before, and he would meet you there? Henry Blackaby, many years ago, I am so off topic on my teaching, so 
Henry Blackaby, several years ago, wrote a book called Experiencing God. How many are you familiar? Boy, look at the hands in here. And Henry Blackaby, he has seven or eight principles. I'm just going to identify the first four. And he says, one, uh, God wants a love relationship with you. Secondly, God wants to invite you into that love relationship. Number three, because of this love relationship, because of the intimacy that God and you are, are developing, and because that intimacy and that partnership is now established, then comes the fourth principle in experiencing God. And I so relate to this. Fourth, fourth principle, God loves me. God has a plan for me. God invites me into that plan. The fourth thing is that creates a spiritual crisis. Why does it create a spiritual crisis? Because we've never been that way before. Coming out of the academic community, uh, students at the university level, if they wanted to take a class but did not want to get credit for it, they could take that class, they could attend the class, they could hear the, the lecture material, they could interact with the professor, they could idea share with other students in the class, but because they weren't taking the class for credit, they did not have to take exams, and they did not have to do any of the written assignments. We call that an audit in the academic community. And I would argue strongly, one of the reasons why the church is waning today is because we have people that are attending church who are auditing the church rather than following Jesus. I want to say that many times we have leaders and pastors who are auditing their call instead of being jumping into the deep end. And that is why we need resiliency. And you see in your notes here, I've written down here, and this is kind of bold, but it says resiliency, either develop it or die. I went back and forth. I typed that out and erased it. Typed it out and erased it. And after much prayer, I felt like the Lord said, put it in there. I, I believe that strongly, that this is a component part. This is the secret sauce that sets people free. Reboot is the initial decision that my life is not going well. We have to come to that initial decision. But if we make that decision and we, and we want to uh, partner with other people, then our life then gets, uh, gets a taste of resiliency. But resiliency does not take place until somebody is willing to acknowledge reality. I would tell my students, I said, you can be spirit-filled, you can speak in tongues, you can have 50 Bible verses memorized, but when you're sitting across from somebody whose life is in transition, none of that makes any difference until you have chemistry between you and that other person. That is what makes lives get turned around.